welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. And today is episode 12. The title of today's program is Your Personal Growth Formula, Getting Into Meaningful Action to Change Yourself and Your Outcomes. Back in episode 10, Craig and I launched into a discussion about creating and the importance of having a personal growth plan. Today, we're going to talk about the formula. How do you actually take your ideas and turn them into positive outcomes and changes? We're going to talk about the need for a meaningful why behind your changes. We're going to talk about a process for personal growth and the support you need to assure success along the way. And importantly, we're going to talk about how critical it is to set small milestones along the way because we know that's how change always happens in small steps, celebration along the way that keeps us going, motivated, and smoothing our way to that desired outcome. So get ready to dig into personal growth as we go for an even deeper dive into growing yourself in order to grow your business. podcast where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. Let's talk about our formula, our formula for changing a level of skill or whatever it is that we want to do. And Jeff, you started with the big word. What is that big word? It's three letters. It's Y. And that's one letter, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) W-H-Y. I think that, well, I've seen it in action. I've seen it in my life that without a Y we're lost. Without a why, every obstacle will get in our way. Without a why, the setbacks will lead to stopping. And we need to find the why that goes beyond the surface. Oh, yes. So let me give you an example in a personal context. A lot of people want to have live healthier lives. And they'll set a why, then the why is something about losing weight. That's not the why. And So here's a progression. It's not the why of I want to lose weight. Well, um, I want to be healthier. That's not the why either. Why do you want to be healthy? The process here is you keep asking why until you find the one that hits you in the gut like someone punched you and said, oh, that's it. I want to have, you know, I want to be healthier so I can live a longer life and spend time with my grandchildren, not just be there for my kids. That's a vision. A really quick. Right. And you know, that's, that's the part that's got to be visceral. You know, I've learned that one for me, a big why for me in my life now is about freedom. Mm, yeah. So I make decisions driven towards freedom. Another big why for me is connection. Oh, yeah. I crave connection, really soulful connections with other. It feeds my spirit. Mm. Well, the only way to have those kinds of connections is to be really present. So I become more present because it creates these connections I want. Yeah. But it's a really important question that often doesn't even get asked. 
So that's why. Um, it's interesting. I, I love doing this podcast because I learn so much as we go along. And one of the things that we learned was from Mark LeBlanc. And he said, you know what? You just stay in gear. So our second part of the formula. So the first part is why times consistent action. So that's the, the next part is consistent action. If we stay in gear, if we consistently do things, what we're going to see is if we are consistent in one area of life, we're going to be consistent in other areas of life too, because it's just setting up our muscles. We get trained to do these things. And he said, you can't take your vitamins in one day. You have to spread them out. You have to take them on a daily basis. And in the same way, you, you need to have that consistent daily action, even if it's making one call a day, if you're a salesperson, or just doing this one thing every single day, that helps you start your day in one way, but then all of the other things that you would normally do for that consistent action for the habits will help you to get there. So consistent action is this is the second part. What about what's the third part, Jeff? Well, but also notice it doesn't say consistent talking about it. <laughs> We're really good at that. And think about not only yourself, here's how here's a blind spot. Think about the person around you in your life or someone you work with who's always talking about getting better at something and you're just annoyed at them. Like, really? Are you going to do something about it? Well, we have to do the same thing because we love to talk about it. And that's why one of the parts of the formula, it only works if we can figure out what are the actions that will be different. If you can't tell me what action is going to be different to change, then don't bother. Right. Thinking about it doesn't change it. And so we're going to have the why. We're going to have that consistent action. And then the third part of the formula, and notice Craig said these are multipliers. It's why times consistent action and then times support. Oh, my god! And we've yes. already talked about support. And there's two kinds of support generally. One is the support of the people who are going to give me that perspective to help me see it and to challenge me. And then I'm also going to have the support of the people who are saying, hey, great job. Keep going. Keep going. You're making good progress. Yeah. We need those cheerleaders. Che yeah. We need the cheerleaders as well as the coaches. And, and I would highly recommend it, it, if you look at people who are in, at the top of their performance in any area of life, you're going to find that they have a coach. And I highly recommend that you reach out to Jeff. Jeff is a phenomenal coach. One of the things that makes a great coach is asking questions and the quality of the questions that you ask. And Jeff is the master at doing that. So if you need a coach, highly recommend you reach out to Jeff. Um, the other things that you can do is you can use your friends, your family, your spouse, whatever, in different areas for accountability and cheerleading as well. Especially if one of those goals, let's say you're, you're wanting to increase your income or cut your weight so you'll be sexier for your spouse. You know, those are some things that you could have your spouse cheer you on as you go. Uh, for me, when I, when I run with my wife, you know, we, if we do a 5K or something, I'll make sure that I run ahead of her at the very end so I can take the pictures of, in the video of her crossing the finish line so that she has that, that sense of completion there. But it's being there. But sometimes we need tools as well. So maybe it's a project management tool or it's something to keep you in track. For me, I've created my own planner. And it's very, very customized to the way that I work for my morning routine, for setting up my mindset every day. 
And so there's a lot in that. And I would encourage you to think about what are you going to put into your morning routine that will help you to achieve your growth goals? Well, I love that. And I think if you're interested in that, I would say reach out to Craig because he can share that with you. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Maybe even help you get created because it's a really terrific tool. As he said, he's, he's customized it to how he is, but it really is a very rich approach to this process that gets beyond the X's and O's. It gets into the Y. It gets into those. Mm -hmm. What's the what's the visceral piece of this change? And And one thing I want to highlight, Craig, you talked about cheerleaders. And what I want to offer to all of you is we need more cheerleaders in the professional world of change. Oh my gosh, yes. We tend to get some in our personal world, those people close to us, hopefully. But in the professional world, we're terrible generally at cheerleading. Because instead of saying, looking at someone's progress and saying, hey, you're getting there, we're more likely to tell them, hey, you're not there yet. It's like running along saying, Think, imagine this different motivation. Someone's running a marathon. And by the way, I'll just be honest. I'm not running a marathon. I have no desire to. I have no why. <laughs> Me either. I have no why for it. I'm not going to do it. But some of those people who do, I call them crazy. That's okay. They're crazy to me. Imagine they're running along and they're at the 20 mile walk. What is it? Like 26, 27 miles? 26 miles. 26 mile run. They're at 20 miles and you come up next to them and say, Man, you know, you got six more miles to go. Get on it. Versus, <laughs> hey, you know what? You're doing great. You're making good progress. I love your pace. You're in great form. You're going to get there. Just keep going. Oh, my gosh. That's very different. Yes. And I, I'd say that's so important to have that. In fact, I will challenge you as a leader to make that one of your growth goals. <laughs> to actually encourage and cheerlead for your people. I'm going to add one other piece in there. Celebrate. We need to learn how to celebrate our wins. And that's a key part of this. So I think what we've done is we've talked about our why times our consistent action times the support equals the level of change that you can achieve. And ultimately, when you have those three elements, you have a, a, a why that's really compelling. You just take that daily consistent action and you have support from cheerleaders and accountability and a coach. You have the ability to achieve anything you want. I mean, it's so amazing how much we can achieve if we actually have all those pieces in place. So let's talk a little bit about our process, Jeff. When it comes to process, and we've touched on pieces of it already during this podcast, I start by saying where we want to go. But really, when it's about personal growth, it's who do you want to be? Oh, my gosh, yes. Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up in the world? There's so much focus on this doing side and personal growth is much more about being. Yes. And if we look at the gaps in relationships, in families, in teams, and in leadership, the biggest gaps are about the being side more than the doing side. There are actions that we need to create to evidence the being but it's really about taking that deeper look at ourselves and asking the question, who do I want to be as a person? And I will give you an example of that for me. A number of years ago, and I can't even tell you what sparked it. I don't know. I don't remember. But it came ve became very clear to me that there was an experience in life that I was not getting from many others, and I wasn't seeing it in many, and that was the experience of being present. Oh, wow. 
And I started off by saying, oh, we're just distracted. We're not present. And it's a, we have a whole podcast, podcast number three on presence. I encourage you to go listen to it. I won't go into that. But the whole thing for me was realizing that my why around presence was that when I'm present with another human being, I'm giving them a gift that I couldn't imagine giving in any other different way, which is in that moment, they're the most important person on the planet. Yeah. And I knew how much I would love and crave that experience. So my beginning point on presence was I want to give that gift more consistently. And then I got into, and we'll talk more about what did I get into to start figuring out how to do that? And what were the action steps? How did I have to shift? How did I have to show up differently? But I started with that ideal is I wanted, I was committed in my head. I hadn't acted yet, but in my head and heart, I want to be the most present person on the planet. Yeah. That was the objective. Now, when you started that process, let me just ask, did you see yourself, did you project maybe into the future of what it would look like for you to be in that place? I did, but I had to learn along the way because I think a lot of times when we look at growth, it's, it's, it is ideal to know exactly what it looks like, but if I've never experienced it, I may not even know how to verbalize it. I knew what it felt like, yeah, and I started from there. As Zig Ziglar would say, go as far as you can see, and then you'll be able to see farther. And I think that's a great reminder around growth. It really is. So I think as we're looking at this process, we, we start with this picture of who do we want to be, and we look at that in different areas of our life. And we, we can decide then, okay, which, which areas are, am I going to work on? Because I can't do everything at once. Especially when you're changing, you only have so much change muscle. And so really when we're starting out, I would say make very small changes just so that you get into that consistent action. Once you start getting there, then you can start taking bigger and bigger actions as you go along. And you'll finally get to the place where you can't take big enough actions yourself and you need to enlist others. So one of the things that, that I look at is it's, it's what I call life scripting. And it's really, it's a way of programming my mind to be open to who I'm going to be. And it's stating things like, I am so happy and grateful now that I blank. And that blank could be something like, now that I am eating healthier, now that I am exercising more regularly, or now that I am selling more consistently, whatever those things are. The issue for me is, if our mind is not open to us being a different person, then we will not make those changes. And so we actually have to put ourselves into the future a little bit of where we want to be and open our mind to that for it to actually come into existence. Otherwise, we're going to continue to look at ourselves at the weight that we are. We're going to continue to look at ourselves at the income that we are. And things aren't going to change because that's who we are in our own minds. Once we shift who we are in our own minds, then we can go farther. And I highly recommend that you go to the Jim Fortin podcast. He has fantastic content related to this. So Jim Fortin, F-O-R-T-I-N, and he's, he's really good there. So we want to look forward at what, who we want to be and the characteristics. We can then define maybe at a different level of what that looks like. Okay, maybe it's something like my wife is giving me a, a seven or better 
on this particular scale, or I actually know how to use this application to do these particular tasks, or I am not even thinking about my phone when I'm in front of somebody else and I am able to genuinely listen to them and be present for them when we're talking. So it could be any of those types of things. Well, and I think it's important. We talked about, Craig mentioned a muscle. And keep in mind, this is a lot about growing new muscles. And part of those muscles, are not, they're not always physical, but they're emotional muscles, they're psychological muscles, they're intellectual muscles. And think about those of you who've gone to work out when you haven't worked out for a long time. <laughs> if you go and overdo it, Ouch. which is required, you have to stretch, not necessarily overdo it. It's going to hurt. There's going to be some pain. So there is often going to be some sort of pain, but always some sort of risk with change. If you get a chance, go back and listen to Michelle Villalobos talk all about personal transformation and personal growth and about what it took. It was a painful journey because sometimes, as Craig was saying, that inability to see the future us is because of our own limiting beliefs about our stuff. Yeah. And about ourselves. I can't see that. So I'm as Craig referenced Zig Ziglar, I need to take these first steps that helps me see the next horizon, that sees the next horizon, that sees the next horizon. Yep. And to celebrate each and here's the other thing, celebrate each horizon. Yes. Craig talked about celebrating the wins, but you need to decide what a win is. I'm gonna get even more granular. Celebrate each step. Absolutely. <laughs> right? We should be celebrating all along the way, and it should be an enjoyable process that we do this. But let me, let me go back to something Jeff said way earlier in this podcast, which was anything worth doing is worth doing sort of. I would say anything worth doing is worth failing at miserably when you first start. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. When you first start off in something, you're going to suck at it. It's okay. Get over yourself. Have fun with it. Make it a game to get something done. And if you fail along the way, all the better. It's just, just make that part of your routine. But those managers, those leaders who say, oh, I want you to learn this, but don't fail along the way. What do you say to that, Jeff? Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel? Shut up. Stop leading. Get out of the way. Yeah, that's it is, right. you, just, you just reminded me of a story, Craig, that I think so fits here. Years ago, when my kids are growing up, I coached a lot of sports. I mm. coached football, basketball, soccer, baseball, and baseball is my sport. Mm. And I remember a situation where there was a young man, really cool young man. I liked him a lot. He got hit by a pitch pretty hard. He's probably 10, 9 or 10 years old. Ouch. Let's not kid ourselves. It hurt. He got a nasty bruise. So what's his natural reaction now? He's afraid. He's afraid to get hit. So what I did was, what would have been the mistake is say, don't be afraid. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, don't be human. It's basically saying, don't be natural. Don't be human. And go up and hit the ball. But instead, I set him up for success this way. The next game, I went up to him before each at bat and said, look, I don't want you to swing. He said, what, coach? I said, I do not want you to swing. Your goal this next at bat is to just stand in there and not bail out. Wow. Because what he was doing was in practice, he was bailing out and trying to swing. And he goes, well, coach, I might strike out. He said, it's okay. Just staying in there. 
he didn't strike out every time that day. He was up three or four times. And every time I gave him the same goal, I said, just stand in there. Mm-hmm. I think he walked once. And by the end of the day, he wasn't bailing out. And at the, after every at bat and at the end of the game, I went up to him and said, great game. Mm-hmm. You did an awesome job. The next game, his goal was, I want you to swing as hard as you can. <laughs> well, coach, I might not hit it then. I said, I know, but I want you to swing as hard as you can for this game. And it wasn't until the third game that we still focused, got back to what the so-called ultimate goal was, which was to hit the ball. But we had to take him through the steps. And that's how real change happens. Wow. And you gave him the, the freedom and the okayness to not be perfect in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. That's so good. And, and oftentimes, you know, we as parents, we, we want our kids to perform, to excel in different areas. And we don't give them the, the ability to not do fantastic. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartevera. Cartevera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartevera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartevera.com. Welcome back. One thing I realized as you were talking, Craig, we've referenced it. It's so important to communicate to all the people involved when people are going through change. Oh, yeah. And that can feel scary because what I remember is with that young man, I went and talked to his mom Mm. before every game. And I told her what we're going to do because what I didn't want to have happen is her get go home and get in the car and say, why were you just standing there? Because I knew she would. So you enlisted his support network. Exactly. And I said, here's what we're working on. And she loved it. She said, well, thanks for telling me that. And she saw me congrats. And I said, and by the way, at the end of the game, tell him how great he did at what he did. (laughs) Wow. And think about all the people that went the other way and how messed up they are these days. Wow. But we can do the same thing at work. That's our role as leaders is to help. Our role is not to challenge people to change. My role as a leader to help those people change and to give them all the tools and support they need to change. Yes. And, and find out what change they want to create. When we ask them and have them actually tell us, rather than us telling them, they're more bought into the process. So we've talked about deciding what that ideal you is, uh, the characteristics of who you'll be, and maybe defining those measurements of how do we get at when when we know that we've accomplished something. And we also then need to look at our present state and decide what's the gap between where I want to be and where I am right now. And being realistic about that gap and understanding what that, what that really looks like. Okay, if I'm going to develop more presence, let's say with my wife, I need to know where I am right now. Maybe I suck or maybe I just am not very good, you know, or maybe I'm okay, but I want to get better. And so just knowing where I am in that is helpful in certain things, especially for skills. You know, knowing where you are in a skill it's something where we can 
sometimes measure how well we can do. Maybe there's some standardized tests. Maybe there's an, an expert in that area that can help to evaluate us on our skills. It's like if we go back to baseball, if you have a professional coach, like your dad, Jeff, who was a professional baseball player, and then he, uh, he was a college coach, he would know what somebody's skill level is compared to what the top of the, of the field would be. Well, and I can't say any, I'm, I can't reiterate any more than is possible what Craig just said about how you need outside perspective on this. Mm-hmm. Because change, so much change is subjective. And you're going to have to decide whose perspective matters most to you. But here's what Ike, you can trust. For most of us, when you go to change, you're either going, you're going to be wrong about how you see yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to be wrong. And you're either going to think you're much better than you are, which means your ego's driving, or you're going to think you're a lot worse than you actually are, which is that I'm unworthy story driving the train. Yeah. It's so vital to have some outside perspective, some someone you trust, and you're willing to hear their truth to you about how they experience you. Because otherwise, it's a setup again. Because if the world sees me at a six, and I'm thinking I'm an eight, I'm never going to change enough to change the perception because I'm, I think I'm already there. Yeah. I'm going to tweak it, but what I really need is a, a four-step improvement. Well, it's interesting that you talk about that because you were talking about Jesse Isler and his, his having a seal stay with him for a month and how he talked about that. Tell, tell us what he said about when we think that we're all in. Yeah, God, I read Jesse Itzler's book, 30 Days with Seal, and then I had a chance just about five, six months ago to hear Jesse speak live, and during the program, Jesse was talking about how much he got pushed by the seal, or he just calls him seal, and what seal told him is whenever you get to the point that you are literally done, you have nothing left physically, emotionally, psychically, you are beyond done. You have pushed yourself to the limit of the limit of the limit. You're only at fifty percent. <laughs> That's hard and to hear. When I heard that. I, it, I, yeah, it was really hard to hear. I was like, but somehow when I heard it, despite the resistance, I said, "Wow, that actually makes sense because that explains how people in their lives achieve things far beyond they ever thought was possible." Oh, yeah, and got past those beliefs of done. I've hit my limit. But isn't that so important how that happened for Jesse, that he had Seal there to push him and say, okay, you're not done. You're not, you're not anywhere close to what your full potential is. The Seal believed in him, right? And so it's really important that we get the outside feedback along the way. We, we don't just get that feedback from the beginning and say, okay, this is where I am. Thanks for that. But along the way, we go back to that person and say, okay, this is what I've done. Now, where am I? And what, what is my next step? Where do, we, where do you think, as an expert in this area, where do you think I need to develop? Well, and that so touches on something I hadn't thought about before we got on this call, Craig. As you know, my new book just came out this week called Just One Step. Yeah. And there's a chapter in there that talks about keeping your eye off the goal, <laughs> which people think is crazy. But what I learned on that walk in Spain was that, yes, I want to set a clear goal, 
But once I set the long-term goal, what I really need to focus is on what are the actions I'm taking today towards that because I don't really lose sight of it. You know, this is a little bit of Mark LeBlanc staying in gear. For me, it's just one step at a time, celebrating those wins, saying, wow, you know what? I see that long distance goal, but man, I just first need to get over this first hill Mm. and feel good about that and then just keep going from there. Because we do need to reassess our goals along the way, for sure, particularly because, as you said a moment ago, Craig, we may not be able to see the end goal. And if I go from, this is what people don't like to hear. Let's talk about your scale. I'm a, let's say I'm a six. The world says I'm a six on listening right now on a scale of 10, but that's based upon my current possibility of what a 10 is, right? (laughs) And the truth is it's based upon what they've experienced as a 10. And so if I get to, it's very conceivable. I can get to the 10 and I'm now a five. Wow. Yes, that is so true. It's like it's like when I started the pottery, right? The first piece I created, I, I thought it looked so much like the like the instructors. But you know, six months later, three months later, maybe even a month later, I was like, holy crap, that was crap. That was horrible compared to the other one. No definition and so forth. And so as you're absolutely right, as we progress, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Exactly. And, and I think that's why I suggested that they, the outside perspective come from an expert in the field so that we actually get that perspective of what, what is the scale? What is the true scale? Not what is my perceived scale? And if I say, okay, there's this 10 point scale and the expert can say, okay, you can reach 10. Great. I only need to reach three in my ability for me to be successful at what I do because I have a team to take the rest of it to get those other seven points. And this is why, you know, this is a great example of always getting back to your own why. And this is why it is called a personal growth plan, not what everybody else thinks growth plan. (laughs) You have to decide what you want to be. I mean, golf's a good example for me. I remember, I don't play a lot of golf now. I've just, I don't make the time for it. And But when I, you know, I used to play once a week and when I was playing once a week, I was about a 20, 18 to 20 handicapper. And I remember being at an event and they had a pro out there and he walked up behind me and he said, what's your handicap? I said, I don't know, 18, 20. And he said, that's not an 18 to 20 handicap swing. It was much better, he said. And I said, yeah, I've been told that before. He said, you know, I think you could be a really good golfer. If you want to commit time to it, I said, yeah, I think you're right, but I don't really want to do that. <laughs> That's good about knowing what your goals are, because you realize <laughs> that if you say yes to that, you're going to be saying no to something else. Exactly. Well, I think there's another piece in here, and, and I think this will wrap up our process. Reassess your goals along the way. Maybe three months, every three months, just go back and say, okay, I had this goal. Maybe I achieved everything that I wanted to in that area, and maybe I want to keep going. or Maybe that's not my goal anymore. We can, we can choose to stop. It's not being a quitter. It's just choosing different priorities. What would you say to that, Jeff? I think we have to reassess for all the reasons you just said. One is to see, is it time to change the objective? A second is to check in to see how I'm doing and how I'm feeling about it. I also check in on the priority. What if my priority has changed? Now, this is a tricky one 
because this is the place that I could say, oh, I don't want to work hard on this anymore, <laughs> which is a version of me falling to the resistance and quitting, right? I can do that. But it's so important because things can change over time. You know, my priorities might change or at least the specific nature of that priority. Maybe I found something else that's cooler to do. Yeah. When we're looking at that then, if we, if we get to that point, what I find is helpful is to go back to my written statement of why I'm doing this and my written statement of what I expected to achieve out of this and what that was going to do for me in my long-term goal of being a better person, which means that at the outset, we need to have something written down. We need to say, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm going to commit this time to this. And this is what I expect to be my outcome if, if there is such a thing. So I think this really wraps up you know, all that we wanted to cover here in the personal growth plan. It's not as simple as we, we set out to create. I think sometimes we say, okay, we can do something super, super simple. And okay, I'm going to set a goal and I'm going to go achieve that goal. I'm going to spend some time on it and make it happen. But oftentimes we just set ourselves up for failure, like Jeff said. And so what we need to do is just take a little bit more time and clearly define what it is that we want. And when we create that personal growth plan, it's really setting forth what are the steps that we're going to take to actually achieve that. It's starting with beginning with the end in mind, like Stephen Covey says. So we begin with the end in mind. We decide what that is, what that future state is. And I will, I will call that your vision of your change. Then you define what those different characteristics are that helps you achieve that vision. You look at your present state, you identify what those gaps are, you get outside perspective to say, okay, those gaps are real, but what's your real potential in this particular area? And what do you want to commit to? What level do you want to get to? Getting outside feedback along the way and reassessing the goals every quarter, something like that, to make sure that those goals are still your goals. Well, and the piece I would add as we close, Craig, is this. The most, one of the most important things to keep in mind is nobody, and I'm going to stand by that, nobody can achieve someone else's growth plan for them. <laughs> and what I mean by that is too often people decide to change for someone else. Yeah. And I don't buy it. It has to be your decision. Now, it might be motivated by someone else. It might be suggested by someone else. But if you can't fully claim it and say, yeah, you know what? I want to be better at that. I want to be different at that. I want to show up differently. And this is whether it's in a personal relationship or in the work context. Too often we take on these plans because someone told me, that even if the boss did, if you aren't prepared to own it as your own, it's not going to happen. I totally agree. You cannot sustain it. You can't get past the rough spots when you think I'm doing it for them or I'm doing it to keep my job or I'm doing it to get a promotion. Those seem like good motivators, but the real motivation for change has to come from inside you. Yeah. Let me, let me give you two really good examples. One, if you are engaged to be married, and you expect your future spouse to change, you are absolutely setting yourself up for failure, disappointment, and it's just not going to happen. You cannot expect the other person to change. So 
If you don't love that person and like that person the way they are right now, walk away. The second thing I would say is if you have an employee that is acting in a certain way and you say that they need to change, but they're not really bought into it, it's probably not the right fit. Now, it's not to say that they can't fit in the organization. And I would say if they fit with your your culture, your mission, your vision, your values, then you may have another place for them. But if they're not choosing to grow in their particular area, for whatever reason, it's probably not a good fit. Absolutely. And your job as a leader is to your job as a leader is to help them see what's in it for them. And if what's in it for them is keeping their job, that's not enough. Right. That's a failed model. Yep. Now they're changing for you or for the security of their job. Your job as a leader is to help them see how they can be different and to own it for themselves. That's the role of leadership is to help others own for themselves how they can show up differently. Absolutely. So as we close here, what we're trying to create is impact, not only for ourselves, but for our organizations and for the people around us. And to do that, it, me- it requires growth. It requires us to grow and to commit to the growth ourselves, to figure out what our why is, to have that consistent action, and to get the support around us that we need so that we can create a significant change in our lives. That's what we're talking about with a personal growth plan. I encourage you to take the time. Maybe it's a half day. Maybe it's a full day. Maybe it's a little retreat. Maybe it's just an hour. Take the time to actually think about what kind of changes you want to create, who you want to be a year, five years down the road, and to start on that path with the right kind of support. Thanks for being here. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.